Section 2 Chapter 2 How the Crime Was Handled by the Police On the Trail Now let us follow the police story. We will begin at the very beginning, watch the incidents and character unfold, and give quite a little attention to the technical methods by which results were arrived at. For the story is a study in clean, straightforward detective work, and that work ought to be better known by the public, so that intelligent public opinion may back up honest police effort. The story starts with a burly, genial man sitting in a big office at police headquarters. The office is that of the second deputy police commissioner, and the man is the commissioner himself, George S. Doherty. Commissioner Doherty dominates the story. The taxicab robbers were caught by his methods, plans, and supervision, backed by the splendid teamwork of the men under him. His own sources of information supplied the clues, and his personal skill in examining criminals brought out the confessions that saved the city the expense of trials with all but one offender. It is far from the writer's wish to indulge in hero-worship, however, so these details will appear in their proper place in the narrative. George Doherty has had nearly twenty-five years' experience in criminal work in New York and over the whole country. Until his appointment by Mayor Gaynor in May 1911, he was connected with the Pinkerton Organization. Bank and financial crimes have long been his specialty, so the taxicab case fell right into his own province. He knows the ways of forgers, bank sneaks, swindlers, burglars, and yeggmen, and is personally acquainted with most of the criminals in those lines, in and out of prison. He has also had much to do with protecting the crowds at races, ball games, aeronautic meetings, and other big gatherings. As executive head of the Detective Bureau, 500 plainclothesmen police scattered over Greater New York cover all crimes of a local and routine nature, and are subject to his call when a special case like the taxicab robbery comes up for his personal attention. On an ordinary quiet morning at police headquarters, there will be a steady stream of people passing into Doherty's office. Several assistants guard the doors leading from two ante-rooms and marshal the visitors. Now a group of detectives enters and hears a talk on methods. Then two detectives come in, make a report, and receive further instructions. Then there will be an interruption, perhaps, while an assistant soothes and sends away a crank who occasionally turns up with a purely imaginary affair of his own, and two more detectives pass in accompanied by a man and a woman who look just like the people one sees dining at a fashionable uptown restaurant. The woman's furs are magnificent, and her hat a costly Fifth Avenue creation. "'A couple of taxpayers?' speculates the group of reporters, waiting outside to get a statement about some important case. Two of the cleverest check-swindlers in the country,' 
corrects Detective, and presently the reporters are called in, and Doherty recites names, dates, and facts connected with the gang to which these prosperous taxpayers belong, gazing reflectively out of the window as details come back in memory, and chuckling with the delighted journalists as the pithy slang and professional names of the underworld are jotted down on their pads. They fire a scattering volley of questions at him and depart, and then his secretary announces that the saloon-keeper who knows a good deal about the blind puppy cafe case is outside, but refuses to talk to the police at all. "'Hello,' is the commissioner's offhand greeting, as the cautious saloon-keeper comes in, and in two minutes the latter is answering questions freely. "'Why, say,' he exclaims, "'I'll tell you anything.' Then a humble little woman in a cheap hat and a long cloak is brought in. For more than an hour she has been waiting outside, with her eyes fixed patiently on the door leading to the inner office. "'Stand there,' says the commissioner, with gruff kindness, and he makes a formal statement about her husband, who has been arrested with a criminal gang and is pretty certain to go to prison." He tells her what has been done in the case, and what will follow, and the little woman listens mutely. When he finishes, her eyes fill with tears. But she makes no reply, nor any sound. The commissioner winks fast as he looks out of the window again, and then says, sympathetically, "'That's the best that can be done. But don't you worry.' Come in and see me again. Keep in touch with me, and don't worry yourself. Come in and talk with me. Come in tomorrow. And she bravely wipes her eyes and goes out with her trouble. The procession continues. Police captains and detectives in squads, prisoners and witnesses in twos and threes, newspapermen in corps and singly, and occasionally a cautious gentleman who wants to see the commissioner alone and is anxious that nobody say anything about this visit to police headquarters, for he is an informant. End of section two.